you know, I guess it's sometimes it's difficult to to recognize the things that you're grateful for. I mean, sure, uh, I know there are plenty of times where it feels like the world is utter shit. But just like the dial of a radio, you can switch to a different frequency. We're always told, hang in there, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Well, what if the tunnel has a lesson for us? What if the darkness isn't so scary? Everything can be seen as a gift, and gifts allow us to be grateful. Hello, sweet friends, and welcome to the Vandaltron Curious World Podcast. I am conveniently your host, Vandaltron, and my guest today is Mike Kahuli, aka Mike G. You may remember him from HBO's groundbreaking show, Oz, or maybe you were lucky enough to catch him performing at the New Yorkian Poets Cafe in Lower Manhattan. Mike Gahuli is an actor, he's a musician, he's an athlete, but above all, what I'm most proud of is that I get to call him my friend. Over the years, Mike and I have had uh, a ton of thoughtful conversations and we've had a bunch of laughs. You know, people will come in and out of your life like busboys at a restaurant, but, um, but Mike has been one of those special friends for me. You know, he's helped me evolve and I hope grow as a person. And I like to think that, you know, maybe in a small way I've, I've been able to do that for him too. Um, and for that, that's what I'm grateful for. Um, so I don't want to take up too much time with an uh, introduction because I, I really don't think this conversation needs too much. Uh, I'm just going to fade you in to our conversation with uh, his song, one of my favorites, thinking about them, thinking about the times, which we reference in the conversation. Uh, it's one of my favorites, uh, and I'm so fucking jealous that he actually did it because I, I just listened to it because it's an awesome song. Um, Anyway, so without further delay and enough of my jibber-jabber, my conversation with the talented, the sweetheart of a man, and my good friend, Mike Kahuli. Man, I'm just sitting there thinking about them old days. Bring me back. I'm an old man now. This all good. Oh, that was about the times we had, Lord of Mercy. I remember growing up back in the old neighborhood, and when I think about the times, gotta say it was good. Had a house by the park, we was living lovely. Wanna thank my lucky stars and the good Lord above me. I was in the kitchen, always cooking it up. With that homemade pizza, she be hooking it up. No doubt, had a strong sense of family tradition. And when my pops spoke, man, we better have listened. Yeah, my brothers and my sisters always kept it live. From 442 to 1085, you know I tried to always make them proud. No matter how long it takes, it's what I vowed. To do the right thing in the eyes of God. Even though I ain't perfect and sometimes it's hard. I look past that and think about what they taught me. Humbled and amazed by how far that it brought me. Yeah. Lord have mercy. Oh, yeah. Just think about the times we had. Lord have mercy. All right, all right. 
the same. Just think about the times we had. Lord have mercy. a lot and i truly appreciate everything i got not material things it's the love unconditional the sunday morning breakfast to us was like a ritual pancakes and eggs goose bacon and juice me and my brother always fought but then we'd always call the truce got loose to heavy d and the boys we got our own thing learn to dance to the new jack swing in the basement soft lane gina was there and them fresh hair jordan's hot feet in my head and i don't care if it sounds sentimental i'm not afraid to show my true feelings on this here instrumental looking at them old photos makes me laugh put the chevy to the levy man that brings me back to a time and a place that can't be repeated or duplicated just so glad we made it lord of mercy oh yeah just think about the times we had lord of mercy all right, all right. look well upon me now lord of mercy oh yeah just think about the times we had lord of mercy East of York name. <laughs> oh, cheers, man. Cheers. Oh, man. One of my favorite beers, too. So, how was, uh, so I know you're in town for, uh, to do an album. What was that like? It, it's cool, you know, got some stuff, you know, done with, uh, you know, like I said, sometimes it's just like, you know, you, it, it's not that easy all the time because you go in with the ideas and stuff and it don't, always sound the way you want it to sound you know what I mean it just don't sometimes you 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 have to it's like you gotta figure things out like you know well that don't sound right we need to add these drums here that don't sound right my my tone on the mic is is you know it's not the right tone I need to change the tone you know it just you know what I'm saying because you could you could be hype you could be mellow you could be in the middle you know you could be clashing with the bass line for some reason you know what I mean your tone sometimes you know you could you know it's like you can't always stay in the same zone sometimes the music dictates where you gotta go you know what I mean so take one vocal track or a couple vocal tracks and it's like you listen like it's alright but it's you know something ain't right so you know I could tell but it, that's what it takes you know what I mean to go through it and then I'll you know then I'll know like tomorrow I know I gotta go back in and relay these vocals and get the right tone you know because i'm listening back i was listening back on one of the tracks and i'm like that's not the right you know that's not it it's not it you know what i mean it's hip-hop is just feel you know obviously sound you know what i'm saying but it's just you know and uh that's that's that and everything's got to come together when you piece the samples all together it's got to once again feel it's got to feel correct it's got to be you know uh seamless you know what i mean and then it's and then it grooves once it's grooving you know, then your your money. So do you you write? So you have all your lyrics out, or does that change too? 
it could uh, most of it's it's done prior. I write them out. I write them all out prior. I write but in terms of like the editing, when you're talking about like you have to go back, are you yeah, changing lyrics I'll, too? I'll be, yeah, lyrics too. Sometimes like that. Nah, that ain't the right word. And sometimes I've recorded a song and I listen back. I'm like, I said the wrong thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> he totally said the wrong thing. I had to had a re, you know, like I said uh, one on one of the lines. I said uh, uh, the 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 reference was. Um, the, 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 the line was um, moving to a rhythm of her own that's so unique kind of like she's walking on the moon like the police obviously that's the song walking on the moon but when I first recorded it I said kind of like she walking on the sun like the police I said walking on the sun and I didn't even catch myself and that don't make sense that, right. that don't that ain't the that ain't the right reference that's that's nice and smooth Harry <laughs> You just like exactly. I wonder. You think that's you what they did? You, you think? Right you think? Away. You think like Greg Nice is yep. like uh, that ain't what I wrote. Exactly. Fuck it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you think like right. like one of the producers? The producer was in the, in the booth. Like uh, guys. Yeah. I just want you guys to be aware. That Dizzy <laughs> Gillespie. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. You know what? Forget it. What do you want to do? Well, he actually he didn't play the sax. He played the trumpet. Yeah, but that don't rhyme. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, man. But yeah, I didn't. I couldn't. I can't. That was. A, that's a, maybe only a one-time thing from Greg Nice. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not. That ain't me. You know what I'm saying? But if it if it flowed and it worked, Mm-mm. I mean that that's not a good example. But if it flowed and it worked, would you no, keep it? No, Never. No, no. No. It's gotta be. I, I'm. It's logical. More, yeah. You yeah. know. You know. It's gotta be. Exactly. It's gotta be. It's gotta be right. You know what I mean? It, it, you know, sometimes you you can let you know stuff like music, musically, like words. Nah, I, it's gotta all you know be on point in my opinion. But uh, music sometimes, th- it, you know, things can be a little off in hip hop. You know, and it, it still makes it raw that way. But still gotta feel right. You know, like the a bass line could be a little off, off. You know, you know whatever. Or a drum could be a little off. But if it feels right, you know. That's then, then you could let it ride because it gives it some rawness. You know what I mean? It gives it, it gives it some rawness. You know, it's a little, you know, whatever. So, yeah. Do you have a process when you write? Are you like writing on napkins? Yeah. Or? yeah. No, no. I always, always. I mean, if I have to find some paper, I'll do it. But most of the time, it's in a notebook. I'm, I'm decently organized. You know, when I wanna. There's only a few times where I jot it down. That could be lines. your album name. Yeah, decently organized. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, stack of notebooks. You know I'm decently organized. <laughs> you know, uh, I have to. Yeah. Man, you come up in reference and like my daily life, like and just in terms of like. So I do. I steal some of your stuff, and sometimes I reference like so. Thanks, uh, I'm trying to think. So yeah, so I made. I, I did the uh, you knowledge story to this. To I share oh, that. Yeah. So just people yeah. listening, why don't, why don't yeah. you, I'll fuck oh, it up. Man. So why don't you just? <laughs> well, I mean, this was like um, back in the day. I mean, this was definitely at the time, you know, where you know you had five percenters, five percent nation of Islam. You know, cats. That was, you know, um, you know, a lot of guys were, you know, in in that in that zone. And uh, I, I, it was like my my godson's father. It was his cousin, my godson's father, father's cousin, and um, we were hanging out uh, in Brooklyn, and um, 
And we were hanging out a little bit, you know, he was cool, you know what I mean? And uh, he knew, I guess, you know, we seen, you know, I was, you know, cool down, you know, whatever, down by law, whatever like that, you know what I mean? And, and uh, I don't know if it was through conversation or whatever like that, the way I was answering questions or coming off, but he was like, yeah, I don't know, I just remember we were going to the pool hall and, and for some reason he was like, you know what? I'm gonna call you knowledge. And, <laughs> and I was like, don't. You know Wait, what I'm saying? You even though you didn't know the guy, you you were you no, could we, be that authoritative or you were like, yeah. mm, uh. No, no. I I, I I I mean I said it in between. In between authoritative and, and like, nah man, you know, I don't really manifest that name. You know what I mean? I am not that smart at all. You know what I'm saying? I really am not. Because yeah, I I do did not he, did manifest he, yeah, that's kind of knowledge. I'm not. Did he did he did he introduce you? Like, hey bones, he did. bones, this he is did. knowledge. He did, and he did. Maybe because that's why I wasn't too. <laughs> so I'm thinking back, I wasn't too authoritative, you know, authoritative or whatever, or authoritative, you know what I'm saying? And uh, he definitely did for a little while introduce me to other dudes as knowledge and I was like but they never said nothing they never you know checked me oh, <laughs> oh really let me, yeah. let me see let's see let's get uh, the chessboard out right right <laughs> right. <laughs> right you know what that brings you know good point I wanted to talk about some things yeah uh, theory of relativity yeah. uh, first of all First and foremost, um, I got you know, some questions about Jupiter. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. He's like, uh, not that. No, you know what? Just, right. Like, nah, I actually nah, somebody nah. called me mathematic once. Where you go? Yeah. I mean, I was just like, I'm, eh, I'm eh. the worst at math. If you call me mathematics, <laughs> I would be like, you can't. You know, what I'm saying? I can barely add. You know, what I'm saying when the dude gives me change from the store, I'm hoping it's right. You know, what I'm, saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really rough. I mean, I was I was so flattered. I'm like, all right, I don't think this will get out of hand. It's fine. Like, whatever. right. So knowledge went for a little while. I, I I think it went pretty decently, whatever. But uh, yeah, he was introducing me to a lot of cats. His knowledge and uh, it was funny. I just I guess maybe after a while I just went with it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but thinking back, I do remember I was like, no, no, don't that that cannot that can't be my name. <laughs> I'm dumb. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm kind of dumb. You know yeah, so. So this album that you're working on, I think you told me that it has more of a late '80s, '90s feel, right? In terms of like, yeah, what we both call real hip hop. Yeah, yeah. classic, classic format. This classic style hip hop. You know. Does you know the the current scene? I know. How does that? I mean, because you know, hip hop is evolving so much, for better or worse, and you know, you got like Nas on old school now. You know, yeah, like so, yeah, it just it yeah. the the it just goes so fast. Yeah. So yeah. when you are recording, how does that inform you in terms of you know, like like the audience is like it's just you know like it it you know it's just like it's just people like us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as as the like audience, they're they're still you know like yeah like us you know in our age bracket you know what I mean. There's that we we grew up with. The, you know the late 80s 90s you know early 90s late 80s early 90s that era of hip-hop so that's that's what we know as you know like that was that's our our stuff right there you know what I mean but um, 
like making the music though I only know kind of one way to make it you know what I mean and it's in that format you know what I mean that's that's the only way I know how to do it it's the only way that I it is me you know it's in me that's the way I do it just you know like a classic you know style um, you know dope jazzy or funky type of samples you know what I mean uh, or rare grooves you know what I mean stuff like that with raw drums and um, you know just just conscious lyrics and, and uh, uh, leaning towards trying to be lyrical with lyricism and, and just something that's dope you know what I mean um, but you could you know like it, it, you know like now you get you know the, the kids today you know what I mean uh, the, the you know folks in their 20s and then early even maybe early 30s but like that they have theirs you know like like we had ours that was ours you know at the time now they they have theirs and that's that's what they consider dope and that's hip-hop to them and that's that's their zone and you know i i let i let them do that you know what i mean that's the you know got to do that you know i'm not saying yo you should check this this is whatchamacallit to them it may not be the right sound for them this is their sound so they, that's they're rolling with that and then that's cool but i can't you know i can't do it you know what i mean it just it just don't feel right you know what i mean it, it, you know you, we, I could pull it off probably, and like you know, you could make a what you call a record, but inside my heart, right? You know, I can't, you're, you're, I can't do it. Yeah, you're putting on clothes that don't fit. Exactly. Right. So the only clothes I know how to put on when it comes to music, or especially hip hop, is what's already you know inside of me. Those clothes, those late '80s, you know. So yeah, I have on the Dapper Dan. Uh, and the Gucci uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the MCM jackets, whatever like that. <laughs> uh. I mean, how do you get inspiration for for some of your songs? The 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 mostly the track, the music will will give me the idea. The music will give me the idea, and all of a sudden it'll pop up. And a lot of times it pops up. Most of the times it pops up off of a something another rapper said, which we I, we call cut chorus. A cut chorus, like something you know uh, that's cut in. Premier does a lot of it, you know, on the on the on the choruses. You know, you'll hear him cut other rappers saying something from another. Um, album and, and or you know record and you know like me and you both have a vast uh, knowledge of hip hop you know knowledge what I'm yeah there you go knowledge again kid. I told you knowledge. I told you that's what it is <laughs> you know what I'm saying we have a vast knowledge so we're always re referencing stuff and all those rhymes and, and words are in our built inside our head so sometimes it'll the track will give me an, an attitude towards it and then that that's how sometimes it'll link it all together and that's the chorus you know what I mean like I, I just put together a song called something fresh to say and um, or just call it something fresh and um, and I piece the main the main thing for the chorus I don't I don't always say choruses or you know do a shout chorus or any type of I don't always say that. a lot of times it's a cut or something or or I'm singing it or somebody's singing it I'll have somebody sing it but um, in the classic style, I like doing a cut. So it was from Biz Markie, and he said, uh, he said, I wanted his songs always seem to come with something fresh to say. So that right there, it popped in my head, and I think that gave me the title of the song. And right there, I built from the title of the song something fresh or something fresh to say, and I knew that would be the chorus. And then I added the, I added some House of Pain, and um, and it pieced it together, and it's from. It's from Jump Around when he says, feeling funkin', amps in the trunk, and I got more rhymes, whatever like that. Mm -hmm. But I, yeah, yeah. I, I stopped it. I said, I mean, I, I cut it. 
I just put feeling, funkin', amps in the trunk, and I got something fresh to say. Feeling, funkin', amps in the trunk, and I got something fresh to say. So I like to piece them together sometimes. Give me a, you know, I like doing stuff like that. And I do it in various different songs here and there. But it's got to make sense still, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and I, I like that when the DJ, they're once again, classic format, you know, dope beats, cuts, you know, like just straight up dope beats, funky rhymes, and cuts. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I've I've been lucky to to see you know this this uh, this journey, which is funny because that's one of your albums. This journey right. that that you've been on artistically, and it's you know to go from uh, um, you know the good fella to the, the the funky bodega stuff, and yeah. and you know and I I know that you you've dabbled into country, and uh, it's it's it's, nice. it's very eye opening. But I, I will. One thing that I've always wanted to do with you is have, actually have a conversation with you about a particular song. One of my favorite songs is um, um, thinking about thinking about them times, thinking about the days. Yeah, thinking about the times. Yeah. One of my favorite songs. Regardless, yeah. I mean, it almost pains me that you did it, but it's it's one of my favorite songs because it's Thanks. because it's it's catchy. You've got that hook, um, and it's it's efficient and economic because it's a really short song and it's personal. One of, one of the most personal songs that you know that and it's what you know it's it tells such a great story too yeah. what uh yeah. so what inspired that just uh the beat you know right away the beat told me and it, and the, once sometimes they're they're super easy to write that was definitely very easy to write you know those personal ones are are straight from the heart usually they they come out the best and actually most of the time the easiest you know like just because they're so straight from the heart they write themselves you probably hear that every now and then from an artist that said oh man that song that song wrote itself that song wrote itself it was just a, a beat rugged and raw made the beat and um uh dope you know uh, producer and mc uh, Rugged and Raw is one person, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> and we got I got into a place one time on the strength of his name. They thought we were rugged and raw, you know what I'm saying? And I got in free, you know what I mean? They like, oh yeah, come on in, you know what I mean? And I was like, wow, okay, that that is yeah, I am not rugged nor raw. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. It was like, in just pointing that out. That is one person, by the way. Yeah, and he's dope, and uh, he he uh, he made the beat. And that's what it was, and um, I just sang the chorus, you know. I just sang the hook, and it was just. And, and my, I know my, you, you, you had, my boy Donnie really likes that song. Another friend of mine, he's the same way. He always references that song, or he always, every now and then, he's, he'll sing it. He'll just sing it out of nowhere. Yeah, no, it's to say it, but I appreciate it. You know, I like it. It was, it was a, it was a nice song to make, and uh, it was just. You know, straight from you know, straight from the heart, talking about you know, how growing up. Then uh, it's definitely a, a, a very vivid portrait of of somebody growing up and you know, yeah, um, stealing his brother's Air Jordan money for Air Jordans. Jeez, that, I, I I can't believe you. Can, you maybe you can hear it in there. I kind of have it like because I recorded it with a real crazy uh, little. Don't know those things that you maybe put notes on, you know, like like a recorder, oh, like like yeah, like, like, the, like back in the seventies, yeah, people used to like, to like spot, up. like to entrap right. somebody, exactly, <laughs> with a little cassette. Did you tell me you were at a pizza? We were place? at a burrito joint. Uh, we were at a burrito spot, and I was recording my my me and my brother's conversation. I don't even think he knew what was on. You know, what I'm saying? so you're the one laughing, right? 
Yeah. And he's the one that says, like, I thought you were done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because mm-hmm. you guys sound very similar, at yeah. least on the, on the song. Because there's certain parts. Because the first part, I'm talking about how he used to always, when we were, we were you know, whatever, uh, early 20s, we used to go hang out and get burgers and fries. And, uh, and it was just something we always did. And then, you know, get some grub. That was our main go-to. And, and, and he used to always, like, for some reason, he didn't finish his fries and he would always, he was smoking at the time, and you could smoke in the joint at the time. And he would start smoking after his meal, and then dip the ashes in the fries he didn't he didn't eat. And I would I would I look at him like, dude, I'll eat those fries, dude, I'll, I'll eat those. You know what I mean? You don't have to. Don't you can do it on a napkin. Do it on something or whatever. Why are you, why are you doing that? So I remember recording that, and uh, that's why he's like, thought you're done. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? So. That's part of it, but the, the the Air Jordan story was unbelievable. I don't. I to this day I can't believe you probably couldn't believe it because you, you know me. You I couldn't believe I did this. Like when you're young, sometimes you just don't think and you do stuff. But we were both, you know, very heavy, uh, you know, you know, basketball players in high school, and you know we were serious and you know we were you know playing serious and we we uh. And shoes were pretty big, you know, pretty cool at the time, like then, you know. So we were pretty serious about having, especially my brother, having certain sneakers, you know what I mean. And um, anyways, Jordans had just started coming out, and I can't remember which we these were. They remember either two or the, the third pair of Jordans that came out, and in, in, you know whatever. Anyways, I had a game that night, uh, and for, and I got home from school. And the game was at night, and for some reason, I think my brother was saving money, and I'm pretty sure he was. He would save money to get shoes all the time. He was he had more shoes than me. He was really into them. But every now and then, I like you know get certain ones, whatever. And um, so he had his money in the dresser. You know what I mean? We both shared a room growing up, and he had his money in the, in the top drawer of the dresser. For some reason, I don't know if he was going to buy these Jordans. He probably was. I'm not sure what shoes he was going to buy. I took his money <laughs> out of the drawer. And went to the store and Sport Mart. Sport Mart. Yeah, I, I went to Sport Mart and I bought, I bought the shoes, wore them to the game, wore them for the game to play in them. I played in them. I bought the shoes. I thought, don't you have to get like regulation shoes from like the whole team? That was at that time for some reason. You just wear what you we got. Did, we did. We didn't have to, even though most of the team had the same shoes. They had Nike came in. It was loose. It was like a loose, a loose type of thing with the team I was on. I had I had transferred from another school, and I was on this one team, this high school, and it was a little loose. But yeah, Nike did come in and sell us shoes, and, or you know, get us team shoes. But for some reason, I didn't want to wear them. I didn't even. What were I they? Even, Do you remember what they were? They they were like uh, like Air Force One. They weren't Air Force One though. They were after that. They were after. I'm not sure what was after that, but they weren't Air Force One. They were another after that. They weren't Delta what Force One. Was it? Was it? Uh, what was it the about them? What was it about them you didn't like? I don't know. Was it something about them? Or you just wanted Jordans? Yeah, that too. Or I think I was really starting to get into my own, you you know, my own like uniqueness or whatever like that. For, and I wasn't even really trying to be different. Something was pushing me to be different. Something was pushing me to. You know, for some reason, I wasn't trying to make a stance. I was just like, I don't want to wear those. You know what I mean? I was wearing actually purple spot belts. I was wearing because we were purple and gold. Uh-huh. And yeah, wore, my my high school too. All right, sweet. That's, I, I wore, but it sucks, that's, man. That's like yeah, it's weird. You can't time. wear nothing, man. At that time, I think it was uh, East Bay. 
the magazine you could yeah, yeah. this is very early now you used to be, I don't know you, not too many cats were you could still I think call over the phone or even do it through the mail to order the shoes not too many cats were ordering shoes at the time you know what I mean and team shoes weren't that big at all at the time either like you know very they were just starting to like companies would come over and be like oh hey you want to wear these you know what I mean and this and that but I was wearing purple spot build you know they were like uh, hang times I think they were called and I don't know if X-Man Xavier McDaniel wore them I'm not sure <laughs> but they were purple I thought you wore Saucony yeah same thing okay. same 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 brand Saucony spot build whatever it's okay. like they, they're the same type of thing or whatever anyways so I was wearing those at the time but then and, and these guys got, you know, the rest of the team got these shoes. And I really wasn't trying to be different. For some reason, I just didn't want to wear them. I don't know what it was. I just didn't go for it, whatever, for whatever reason. Maybe because everybody was doing it, or most of the guys were doing it. Not everybody, but most of the guys were doing it. And I was like, I don't want to be like the rest of these dudes here. So I, um, I was wearing my purple joints. And then when them Jordans came out, and uh, and they were all wearing white shoes. White sneakers were big back then, like regular white. You right. Know what I mean, well, you kind of the Celtics had like black sneakers. You right. Know what I mean, like like was that a requirement in your school that you had to wear no, the, the shoes? No, it wasn't. Had to be white? It wasn't. What color were your Jordans? Black. They were all. They were. They were so it was. It stood so, out right away. So nobody said, "Who's this dickhead?" I, nobody <laughs> said nothing. But I think you know they didn't say nothing. But maybe you know inside, I don't know. The coach really didn't probably care. But we had another. Right, which which I want to get into. So you said, so this is you transferred to this school, right? So I know you said you had you had some like weird beef with your coach, and he just didn't play you. That was, yeah, senior year. Probably this coach. This coach. Right, because he saw you wear sneakers. (laughs) I know that guy. Um, I don't know. uh, Hey, uh, mathematic. (laughs) Really, man. I mean. I wasn't trying to be, you know, what's it called, um, confrontational. So, in terms of my daily Mike G references, I, I do I reference that too. That an athlete needs to be in a system, otherwise you won't get any playing time, and you it doesn't matter how great you are. You, yeah. you don't play, you can't shine. Yeah, and I but I was always, you know, always nice and cooperative, um, and stuff. But I just think. Uh, it was weird, you know what I mean. It just it just got weird because it, I think it was just the style I was playing in at the time. I was playing, I think, just at the, that structure for that team. Um, I was playing in a more uh, I don't want to say street ball, but a more loose, yeah, a loose type of uh, style. You know and he I mean? was like bounce pass and yeah, I think he was more of that like Hoosier. Yeah, you know, in in that style. So he wanted you to be like a spot up shooter. Or? Yeah, which I'm cool with, but I mean, I also I think I couldn't help it. I was definitely influenced by Dr. J or more flamboyant style of stuff. So if I would go up in the air, I would maybe pump, you know, double pump, you know, coming in, I'd float it, and and uh, and all of a sudden, like my senior year, it's like God tapped me on the shoulder and and was like. Yo, I'm gonna give you hops now. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, I could jump real high. I, I from the year before, I was kind of getting there. You know, like I was, you know, I was, you know, getting together. Besides, you know, working on the jump shot and everything else. But and and my body was changing though, because I was I was always kind of short. And then I grew, like I grew tall and slim. You know what I mean? So I, I think I was little. I, I you know I don't want to say uncoordinated, but I wasn't really totally what all together so it was all coming at the same time but then all of a sudden like I said I could jump real high so I started wanting to use that all the time 
You know what I mean? So I'm going in, you know, I, I want to just try to jump over people now. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever. It, it changed my whole kind of game, you know, a little bit. It definitely changed my game in that sense. That opens your game up. You know what I mean? Now, all of a sudden, you know, now I can dunk. And I'm dunking almost every way. You know what I mean? And I'm not, you know... I wish we had video. I didn't have video back then, you know what I'm saying? Like, in my high school, they weren't recording the games or nothing, you know. But, uh, so I always wanted to dunk. And I think that it was considered, at that time, it was considered showboating. You know what I mean? Right. More like showing off and stuff like that. And I mean, were you, guys, like, dunking in traffic? Most or? of the guys on my team, no. I, I, I wasn't that that tough. I, I didn't, I, I should have, but I wasn't really going for it because I was like, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm at six one, and I'm... You know, I would come in, but I wasn't towering like that. I'd have to use a lot of effort to get up there. But I got up there, you know what I'm saying? I couldn't palm the ball either. So I had to use two hands most of the time. So now I got to get up. I got to get up even higher So I'm, you right. know, to get over it. But uh, I was still, you know, doing it at that time. I remember we used to get the dunks, you know, like especially practice them off the dunk contest. You know, we used to watch Terrence Stansberry or Spud Webb. He would throw it up in the air, let it bounce, and then right. grab it. You know what I mean? That was new. Did they have AAU back then? I think so, but I I didn't think of it. You know what I'm saying? Would you have done it? Yeah, absolutely. They had they had a team. Uh, I remember after my high school uh, there in Illinois, they had a thing called uh, the Prairie State Games. Oh, I've heard of those. Yeah. yeah, and I remember going out for that, trying out for that. It wasn't that many guys trying out, but I remember trying out for that team. And Kendall Gill, I don't know if you remember the. Oh yeah, yeah. Well. yeah. And a brother too, right? And his brother Keith. I remember them guys. Well, I remember them at the tryout, and I remember making the first cut, and I was like, "Wow, I think I'm on my way." You know what I'm saying? I'm like, "Yo," and and you know, but then I I didn't make the second cut, and I was like, "Man." It's all good. So then maybe that was probably it. You know, whatever. Were you, uh, were you doing music too? No. Not yet. I was not doing music. But I knew I was I was, I was, was definitely heavy into music. Like, I, I, I loved, like, uh, contemporary R&B. I was really into R&B at the time. I was really heavy into contemporary R&B. James Ingram. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Will Downing. Anita Baker. Mickey Howard. Phyllis Hyman, Melba Moore, you know what I mean? I was so heavy into like contemporary R&B. Glenn that's, that's, Jones, man, you know what I'm saying? Playlist of a 300-pound middle-aged black woman. <laughs> <laughs> right, totally. <laughs> you know, so, but I was really heavy into that, and, and I was always grooving with that. And then hip-hop, you know, uh, definitely started coming into play. But I remember being really influenced by, uh, not influenced, but like drawn into like... Um, Houdini, I think because they were, they were more musical. You know their tracks, friends, and and uh, right. things come out at night, and, and uh, very anthem-ish, right? Like yeah. anthem in the sense of like it's like a party. Like I remember because like yeah. Houdini was big in like I want to say like eighty five, eighty seven yeah. around that area because that's like Rob Bass around that area. Yeah, they were all in the in the mix. I think Houdini was first before them. Oh yeah, yeah. I just meant. Yeah, but I mean, it, it goes in that. It happened. Things were moving pretty swift at that time. But I remember the first guys I heard, you know, were the Fat Boys. That's the first hip-hop I ever heard. I never heard Sugar Hill Gang. I never heard, you know, Cold Crush Brothers and all that, you know, old school rap. You know, I never heard that first. The first thing I heard was the Fat Boys. And I was, th that did it for me right there. That, I was totally taking it back because I never heard anything like that before. 
when he's, you know, stick him, stick him, all that, all that, that human beatbox stuff. It was so funky. I thought it was, my head was gonna blow up. You know, what I mean, it'd blow off, whatever. Like it would blew me away. Like it was just so funky. I'll never forget how it just hit me. You know what I mean? So I heard the Fat Boys, and then I heard Run DMC, and I was like, this is dope. This is real dope. Hard times. You know what I mean? And whatever else, sucker MCs, they were doing that. But then I heard Houdini, and I was like, right away, I, I gravitated heavy towards Houdini, and I was grooving with that. But once I heard Eric B and Rakim, that just changed everything in an instant. I was like, this is it right here. This is this is just... Did you get the rope chain with the dollar sign? <laughs> no. You wanted to, right? I wanted to, man. Hell yeah. Did you tell yeah. me that like, you went to Chinatown to get a, a knockoff? I, you were like, fuck this. No, no. It was... I went to the real one on Canal. I mean, I, and I didn't understand how much they were, though. Like how, a real... Like how, well, how rope? much? Oh, I don't know. They were thousands. <laughs> yeah, for real gold. You know I mean? It was a real... I think it was a solid one, too. Not the hollow ones, you know? But I remember, I don't know if I told you this, I remember putting money down on a Mercedes, a gold Mercedes Benz ring. You know, like. How big was the. A big one, a big, the big joint. Like Rakim wore in a microphone fiend video. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And it was, it had nuggets on it. I'd like you to introduce you to your financial advisor, Mike G. And I put money down. I like I put it on layaway, I guess. You know what I mean? And they probably put it in a bag or a little thing. With, and some, with some gold fronts. I was gonna. No, never that. Never that. I was. It wasn't my style. But I, 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 you know, to this day, if we go over there, it might still be on layaway. I never got the ring. I never got it. I never kept. I've been waiting for you, motherfuckers. I never had the money, man. I couldn't write. I just didn't have the money to finish up paying for it. And I just let it go, man. I just let it go. You know. What, what I mean? was the. Uh, what was the worst fashion thing you had? Oh, Jesus. I wore hammer pants. Uh, let's see. I, Did you I, get in a parachute pants? Can I? No, no. never wore can I. I oh, cross I wore, colors? Nope. Never wore. So I wasn't too bad. I was wearing... The, the extent was the hammer pants, but they were cool at the time. That was popular at the time. They were, they were very comfortable. Wait, hammer was around the time of Carl Canai and cross colors? You just didn't... Just you didn't, didn't do it. You didn't want to dress no. up like a Fruit Loop? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. But all those colors, it wasn't me. It was more in the basic colors. But I, I think I, you know, I wore overalls one time. You know, with the strap. You know, oh, one yeah. strap down. I think I did that one time. But uh, but nah, the, the worst, the worst gear. You know, but it was, you know, it was the hammer pants. What about wore, denim shorts and Timberlands? I've definitely done that. <laughs> I, wore, I remember I wore. I was wearing Tims with everything. Everything construction Tims with everything for a, a, a good time. And I remember. Uh, um, you know, a girl I worked with saying to me, do you ever wear sneakers? And I was like, nah. And I remember her saying that. So I was like, maybe I should start wearing sneakers. I might have gotten a pair of sneakers after that, you know, after her saying that. But uh, I was wearing Tim's with shorts and all the time. And it was just hilarious. But, uh, you know, if it calls for it, I'll still do it. You know what I'm <laughs> Whatever it was, man. But, you know, I had parachute pants. But, the, you know, way back in the day, those were funny now if you look back i had the shoes with the the the, the metal tips heavy d war and the oh yeah we got our own thing you know um video whenever we and bobby brown maybe weren't i definitely wore I did you have the the, the, I had the big the hat cuts. oh yeah, the hat you know what I'm talking about the big hat the, the, like the, yeah yeah I, I didn't wear that no no not the bucket not the kango not the bucket the flappy yeah the, nah. it's like a big mushroom right nah yeah. i never did that never did that but i i I may have wore a bucket one time, 
just uh, just real quick, fuzzy can go. May have just a real quick, <laughs> just a real quick for maybe a day, just whatever to slick rig. Where it's like, I can't believe I bought this, but I can't throw it out. I know. Because <laughs> you, you can, you put it on, you can tell right away. It's like, nah, this, I don't manifest this right. You know, I don't. It ain't. This just ain't right. It's ain't me. It's it's it's, it's dope, but it just don't go with with me. You know. So. But you got into re- you got really hardcore into into breaking, right? No, um, I couldn't. Oh man. I couldn't. I couldn't even break at the time. I, I, I could maybe pop and lock and maybe do a little something on the floor now. But at the time, I when break break dancing was out, and I remember my my cousins. My cousins are half Italian, half Mexican, and uh, and they were they, they were um, in the in the in the basement in their house with cardboard down and, and their friends were over and they were yo they were break dance they were breakers you know what I'm saying and uh, and I I couldn't break for nothing I couldn't really dance hardly at all you know what I mean before Hammer and Bobby Brown came out I could barely dance but I knew I had rhythm in a way because I had rhythm when I played basketball I had I could shake and bake and, and, and spin move and do all this different style of stuff but when it came to dancing, I had barely had a two-step or a little groove, just a what you call it. I don't know well, why. Well, I think because because breaking is very very technical, yeah, and very specific, yeah, and that's why you see like a lot of like like a lot of Koreans and Japanese they really into it because it's like something that like it's not as like organic and rhythmic as like you know like actual dancing where yeah. you can like do this. It's like here are the batteries, here's the remote control. You put the batteries in the remote control. It's very you know, it's very specific in terms of your maneuvers. Yeah. I just couldn't at all. I don't know if I really tried that hard either at the time. I wasn't that, you know, they were playing, you know, I wasn't that heavy into it. They were playing like, um, you know, Nucleus. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Jam Own It. Yeah. Jam Own It and uh, Push the Button from Nucleus. And then they were playing like that song, Boogie Down Bronx, Boogie Down Bronx, Boogie Down Bronx, Boogie Down Boogie, Boogie Boogie. You know, say it was funky and, 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 and whatever, but the speed are different. I don't know. It just I just didn't get into it much, but I was definitely checking the moves. I was like, wow, this, this is fresh. And I was watching all the vid- the, the movies, Breaking, Breaking <laughs> 2, Electric Boogaloo, whatever, you know. Beach Street. Beach Street. Forget about it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I couldn't break. You know what I mean? I just, you know, and um, yeah, but like I said, and it wasn't until like Hammer came out. And actually, it was the Bobby Brown "Every Little Step I Take" video. <laughs> that was it. I, I was, was doing that move for years. I remember it clear. I was in college, and I remember, and it was, there was like a little rec room you could go to at the end of the, the hall, the dorm rooms. You wanted, you know, whatever you wanted to go, whatever. And they had a TV in there, and they had the video. Somehow they had this video on, and it was Bobby Brown "Every Little Step I Take." And I saw that, and I'm watching it, and all of a sudden, I tried doing the moves, and I'm starting to do them, and I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm doing these moves, and I'm like, yo. I'm all of a sudden things start flowing a little bit and did you get Michael on your sleeve no 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 (laughs) no no right nah man but I that's weird because I I always thought that's funny I always thought that you were into breakdancing no but I was heavy into like dancing um when Hammer was out you had Hammer I definitely watched all those videos uh turn his mother out and pump it up and whatever else he had out I was watching and learning all those moves and um, also, you, you had a lot of other dancers in the background of, of video, especially like, you know, all of a sudden dancing became kind of big in, the, in those, those early 90s, 
um, videos. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, you had people in the crew. That's that was their job. Exactly. So you had like you know, heavy D. Scrap, you know, like heavy D of the boys. Kumo D had like four dancers. I remember seeing them dudes getting down. You know what I mean? And they got busy. You know what I mean? And uh, Sean and Kenny, Koji Rap. You know them dudes. They got busy and they had all these fresh moves. You could see them all over in the videos and and stuff. And so we would, you know, me and my brother Ed. You know, we would we we would definitely learn these moves and do them in unison together and it was cool because we were the same height and weight and everything we looked like twins at the time and we had high top fades and stuff and you know we were just going for it you know what I mean and we were getting funky all of a sudden now all of a sudden I could dance just like that and I'm doing everything I was jumping over my leg I'm jumping off speakers coming down into the splits I'm, I'm incorporating James Brown into it. I'm, I'm having a you guys, blast you guys are like uh... Clicking each other's feet, like yeah, like kid and play. <laughs> definitely, definitely learn the kid and play moves, you know. So I took all those moves and pieced them together in our own routines, and and we would have a lot of fun. It was just a lot of fun, you know what I mean? Like just dancing and stuff. It wasn't like you know, I was like, yo, I'm gonna be a dancer. I didn't say that. All of a sudden, next thing I know, yo, I'm dancing a lot. You know what I mean? But you hadn't started uh, pursuing no, rapping. Yet. No, not at all, not at all. I just, just it just kind of came later. You know what I mean? And uh, and that's yeah, that's that's how it was going. You know what I mean? Would yeah, you? What did you notice? There was a big difference in in how people viewed uh, hip hop, it from Chicago to New York. I, uh, not I don't know. Maybe it just didn't seem like. I just remember, um, you know, before I moved to New York, I remember there was no hip-hop scene in Chicago, really. You know what I'm saying? There wasn't... Where, you didn't know... Where were the MCs at the time? There were really... Not really many MCs. There was no scene. So at that time, it seemed like you only had uh, the East Coast and the West Coast. You know what I mean? Like when it came to hip-hop, I think... Jeez. Uh, common maybe came out after a little while. He was the first? I don't know if he was the first, but he might have been. I can't remember. I never really looked into it. Yeah. Like, you know, who's... I forgot the other guy, Prince something. There's this one other guy, Prince something, I forgot his name. He he had a video on Rap City one time. And, um, you know, he was from Chicago. But uh, I definitely remember the, the time when I, uh, you know, first started going to, like, an open mic. There was hardly any... Not many MCs. You, you know. did open mics in Chicago? I did a couple. You know what I'm saying? Just so what were they like? They were... Get people juggling? <laughs> no. <laughs> right. I bet you didn't have any pirates. No. 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 So people listening... Uh, <laughs> Mike <laughs> Mike would host this uh, this event at the, at the New York Rican Poets Cafe. And... Uh, this, the, you know, the... Um, what was it called? Um, it's still going. But I forget know, the name. Uh, all that. All that. All that. Hip-hop and poetry. Yeah, hip, yeah, yeah, all that. Yeah. Which, which had which had beat poets. Yeah. You had all kinds of stuff. And part of it was an open mic. And we saw an array of performers. And one of them was a pirate. We saw a pirate MC. Yeah. <laughs> <Cut> <laughs> Just up like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. mascot. <laughs> What's his name? Cutthroat? I yes, it was, it was cutthroat. cutthroat. Yeah, it was cutthroat. Yes. Wow, that was classic. Yeah, we never forget. You know, that. you think he like was around his boys and he was like, 
I'm gonna be a pirate. <laughs> Yo, you think they were like, all right, man. all right, yeah. You think no, one dude was like, uh, hey man, hey Charles, I gotta say that's I don't know, I don't know about that. Right. Fuck right. you, man. I'm gonna be a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. You never know, man. What goes, you know, goes through your head, you know. So what do you? I mean, what do you think about those days? I mean, that's like. Oh, they were they were great days. You know what I mean. I, I remember all the the early days. You're talking about like early days uh, of of like the open mics in New York. Like yeah, like around like, like, like when I when I first met you. Yeah, yeah. And I remember like you would come on, and you know, be people. You know, there was a there was a certain there was a built in like expectation from the crowd, like. As soon as the music came on, people knew you were going to do spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah, and, and and I know it was like a it was like a back and forth. You were you were working the crowd. Yeah, they, they would they would fill in they would fill in the blanks a lot. Yeah, that was great. You know what I mean? I I don't know what made me. You know, I yeah, I guess at the time, like you know, it's it's weird. I'm more just straight a straight ahead MC. I always wanted to be just a straight ahead MC. I guess, or I always wanted to be, you know, because back at the time that was what it was. You 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 wanted to get on the mic. You wanted to MC. You know, you wanted to be an MC. You know what I mean? Not just a rapper. You want to be an MC. But I was, you know, I guess I had a style, and something made me gravitate towards that style. And and being uh, half Italian, I I I lean towards that style, and. Uh, so I came up with those songs, a couple of songs that were definitely heavily influenced by my Italian side. Spaghetti and Meatballs was one of them. And and it was catchy, you know what I'm saying? You know, just the way I just like to do it. It's just the way I did. I always loved the way the crowd, I like to interact with the crowd. I like to enter, I like to entertain. I liked everybody to see them smile and have a good time. And at the same time, I would, you know, try to drop some science in, in the verses, you know what I mean? Get, you know, lyrical with it, not just some hokey type of thing I also try to you know yo I'm gonna put this together you know mathematically you know what I'm saying I knew it that's my boy knowledge that's my boy but it's for me too because that's the music I like that's the way I like to do it I like to be you know slick with the rhymes too you know what I'm saying so I try to make the rhymes though but then that gives you credibility also amongst the MCs you know what I mean because there was a lot of time I think you know people would consider me you know like a comedian you know, right. But real MCs, I knew they they took me as an MC, and I appreciated that. They they knew what I was doing. You know, if you could hear. Did you? Going on. How did you feel about being labeled as a comedian? I didn't really like it. You know what I mean? And I was like, dang, you know, this is not the road I wanted to go on. You know what I'm saying? But I still always used to make people, um, you know, uh, you know, laugh and have a good time and and enjoy. You know, but at the same time, we were doing music, and it was. You know, aesthetically dope. You know, it was funk. It was funky, and it was you know jazzy, and it was correct. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, my my influences at the time were you know obviously like combination like Frank Sinatra and Eric B and Rakim. You know, what I'm saying it was like that was like the, kind of the mix of it. You know what I mean? But just laid back, laid back, smooth and rugged, but with a catchy hook that all of a sudden everybody can sing along with. And next next thing you know, the whole crowd is singing. Spaghetti and meatballs, you know what I'm saying? And it made it easy, and then people liked it, and they enjoyed it. And yeah, after a while, they expected that. So right away, when you they heard my name introduced, next thing you know, I'm coming to the mic, you know, and they... And I just love to set it all up, too. When I first started doing it, 
I was pretty basic and raw. Because, you know, when I first started getting on those mics, like it was first at the Village Gate. That was first. They had the open mic was at the Village Gate. And then it was at the New Eureka. I was raw. I was not. I was learning how to rhyme at that time still. I was still learning to be. You know, I'm still learning to be an MC. I'm still, you know what I mean, trying to, you know, get it right or whatever like that. But, I mean, I was really trying to, you know, I was honing my skills, just getting up on the mic and, you know, rocking with the band. You know, you got to rock with the band, you know what I mean, and, you know, musically. And then also your stage presence and all that together. But next thing I know, everything started to click and... and uh, I remember I was even pulling off the, this was you can still smoke in, and I don't even smoke, but I would just light a cigarette. I was doing a Dean Martin. You know what on I mean? stage. Like, on stage. Yeah. I would have them like, after a while, especially when it moved to the New Eureka, I would have them dim the lights and, and, and everything and make it more of a, a mood and a scene. You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I don't know why I was always like, um, you know, I, I know why. There was like, you know, people were giving shout outs to like, their peoples from wherever they were and this and that and for some reason I wanted to shout out I guess I was being funny at the time but it would make me laugh too a lot of times stuff would I would do it because it would make me laugh and I was having a good time doing it so instead of shouting out like whatever so and so you know Billy Bill from Bushwick or this and that I would I had I would say I had sponsors like I would say I mean, you know um I want to thank my sponsors. You know what I mean? Uh, for, you know, they didn't bring me here, but I would, they, I would say that. I want to thank all my sponsors, Fat Anthony's Pizzeria. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, I remember you, you gave a shout out to the five families. Always, always to the five families. Always, right away, right off the bat. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, and yeah, right off the bat, you know, because I was leaning heavy at the time. I think you had Wu Tang had like. They were they had their, they had like Wu Gambinos at the time or something like that. That was their they were leaning towards. I think they had mafia names or something, you know, they had, and, and stuff. But then I was leaning with my Italian side, so I was really going for it. You know what I mean? I was, you know, uh, calling you know, I call myself Goodfella, and uh, and definitely yeah. First thing I would do is shout out to the five families: Colombo, Gambino, Lucchese, <laughs> Bonanno, and Genovese. You know what I mean? Forget about it. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? I was always. I used to, whenever I would see you, I'd be like, man, it must be a pain for Mike. Mike's always got to wear a suit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. After a while, right. I, I, yeah, I was always wearing a suit. You know, when I first started, I was wearing a vest like like young De Niro in Godfather 2, I think when he was over in Italy or something. Yeah. Or Michael Corleone. And yeah, I, wore, yeah. I wore a vest and, and the a, sleeves rolled and a cap. up. A little bit of the sleeves yeah. rolled up, well, you know, just a little bit in the cap, like one of those little like guys out on the field, you yeah. know, whatever, working, and uh, and that was that was my thing, you know. I would just lean it. and but then I started wearing the suits, and it was becoming more of a mafia thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> and but it was still, you know, I was still holding on to it a little at the time, you know what I mean? And and uh, so I was leaning that, and it definitely, obviously, separated me, you know, from everything else that was going on you know because most MCs were coming up you know and with backpacks and and um, baseball caps and whatever giving out 100 flyers Word up, you know, <laughs> so I guess when I came to the stage I, I like to give more of a show I, that was just my thing I wanted to give more show and then make a you know like a you know have a good time and, and, and everybody had a good time and now and everybody could relate you know what I mean like no matter who you were no matter where you're from I think I made it so you can understand, and people would say that a lot of times. So like, you know what? A lot of times you hear this, you know. And I'm not really into rap because sometimes there be people at the event that really weren't into rap, but somehow they wound up there, 
or you know they were at the, like whether it was the Village Gate or the uh, New Eurekan, they were coming to see poetry or they were coming for some reason. Who knows how they got there? Well, at least a lot of times people would say, "I'm not really into hip hop, but I like what you did. I like what you do." You know what I mean? And uh, and and this and that. So that was always cool. So I kept doing it. You know what I mean? But you know, I eventually I knew I wanted to get more into a straight ahead hip hop zone. You know what I mean? Not just relying on, you know, just, you know, my nationality and that style. That was more of a style. Look who's here. Yo, what up? <laughs> yes, what up? <laughs> What's going on? It's Gans in the building, yo. <laughs> What's happening? Oh, yeah, I'm great. Yeah. I'm great. Good to see you. Uh, no, this is no, this is this is real life. Yeah, this is real deal right here. You know what I mean? We're just hanging out. What's up? Did you meet her before? No, no, we talked about that. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't meet the Cersei. Yeah, Tamika. I know. I told him that she she was from East New York. Yeah, yeah. So we were thinking about what was what's her what was her, what was her name? name before. East New York, yeah. But who knows, you know, but it, it's a great cat. Super cute, you know what I mean? Yeah. Super, super cute. But that's that's really great. You know what I mean? Definitely got the zones, you know, going again. Yeah. Speaking animals. of zone. Yeah. So that was around the time that, you know, lightning was just striking left and right. The reason I brought up the comedian part, because mm -hmm. if you Oz season one, um, uh, Tom Fontana yeah. See, calls you. Even he, him, he says like yeah. Mike was a he's a comedian. He did, I mean he said it respectfully. He wasn't yeah, saying yeah. like dismissively. Like listening to the audio commentary, I would you know it was just like I, I would think that you're like a stand-up comedian, and then you slipped into this role. Yeah, I that was funny. Yeah, I mean. That was a land. I mean, I don't know if you realize this. That's a landmark show. That was that that set the table for, you know, the hour long dramas of HBO and everything. You know, the real serious like, you gotta go home on Sunday night at nine o'clock. So yeah, I mean, you're part of history. But not only that, but it's also funny to see like, <laughs> you you play this. For for people listening, you some of you probably have seen Oz. Go back and watch it again if you haven't. Definitely check out season one where Mike, Mike plays the uh, the enforcer basically of the of the you know Oz has all these different ethnic factions and and Mike plays the the enforcer of the Italians. So and you hit, dude, looking back, there are a lot of heavy hitters on that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had you had some 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 dudes on there, man. Uh, Jeez, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, Ernie Hudson was there, and uh, what's his name? Uh, what's his name from the Five Heartbeats? Jeez, um, I forgot his name now. Oh yeah, he's got one. Leon. Name. Yeah, Leon. Yeah, Leon was there. You know what I mean? And a lot of guys were coming through different episodes. So now you can look back now, yeah. but during going th like when you were doing it, what was going through your mind? Oh, when I was doing it, it was just. It was just fresh. I mean, it was cool. It was just, it was so raw. It was like, you know, it was just raw. You know, it was just, there was nothing like it. You know what I mean? There's no, there's this series and everybody, you can curse and do whatever you want to do. And it's just real. That's why I was on cable, you know what I mean, HBO. And um, and I think it was relatively, you know, there were some heavy hitters, but there was a lot of new 
actors out of nowhere you know just here just there's some actors getting down and that's what it felt like on the set you could tell like hey we're all trying to just do our thing here you know we're not we're no names you know whatever and we're just trying to you know do our thing and uh and that's it you know you you tom would write the script tom fontana and uh he was in he was awesome man he used to write all them scripts and i was like how does he do it you know but uh he would write the scripts and then you would get the you know the the sheets whatever and try to study them and, and then just go for it you know what i mean and it was just you know boom boom you know you come in at seven o'clock in the morning you'd start at 7 a.m it was like you know it was serious and um you would you would <clears throat> you know go at it and i was not you know like uh i didn't consider myself i probably i don't know i, I i'll probably i don't know if i'll ever consider myself an actor you know what i'm saying i just you know they I got fortunate enough that they chose me to play that role, and uh, and it wasn't even a role I went out for. It just it seemed like a role that he just made after that. I went out for a different role in the in the what call it, and that role I would have only been there for one episode. You know what I mean? Because he got killed off in the first episode. The role I initially right. went out the, for. Um, the, but he was John Sada yeah, yeah okay you know okay. what I'm saying and uh, but he gave me this other role a guy named Joey D'Angelo and that's actually my mom's maiden name D'Angelo. did he know that uh, no okay. he did not know that that's why I was like wow and I told my mom Yo, I'm playing a guy named Joey D'Angelo and uh, it was funny Joe's my middle name whatever but I was just like this is kind of weird you know what I mean so and um, so it was raw that was like my second like bit of acting that was it first thing I did was uh, I played Charlie the Doorman in a movie called For Love or Money with Michael J. Fox and uh, yeah that was cool and um, and I hadn't done anything because I was just you know I I wasn't really I didn't go into acting you know what I mean it just happened to you know uh, come about that role for Oz you know it was just a you know they're looking for a guy and I just happened to be in the right place the right time I got the audition and next thing you know boom you know what I mean you're uh, you know you got the role and you're starting this day and yeah and it's just alright and action you know what I'm saying and go you know you got the lines and just go for it and it was cool I mean it was real cool because it was more you know it was just a, a freer type of atmosphere you know you could just you know we're all just playing dudes in jail and you can just be as you know, raw whatever you want, whatever your character is. And I was playing an Italian, and uh, yeah, an enforcer. I was hilarious. I'm, I don't know. I'm not that. So big. that <laughs> that 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 final scene where uh, um, I forget his na- the actor's name. But when you get roughed up, what was yeah, that like yeah. shooting that? That was uh, that was all right. But I actually I bashed my nose on. Doing that scene, I bashed my nose on the, the 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 platform sink type of area that I got thrown onto. I actually bashed it up, you know what I mean? And it was close. If I would have hit it any harder, it would have broke. It would have broke my nose. But How did so? Did he throw you, or you just yeah, did kinda, it? Yeah, we yeah, you just went with it. But it was yeah, it was real raw. We were all doing our own stunts and everything. Every time there was no, we had a stunt man on the uh, like a stunt coordinator. And he would just show us how to do it a little bit, and then we just went for it. You know, we did it a few times, and he would, what's the name, kind of decide, he picked me up and threw me on the whatchamacallit, and uh, and uh, and next thing you know, oh, he's bashing my head in this thing, right. like, closing the, it down. And, and the, 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 the thing that the makes the, yeah, 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 you know, when you close the thing, whatever. And I remember him, I remember hitting my nose on the top, and the next day, 
the next day I had a uh, a, a black and blue like nose and um, my girl at the time she hooked it up like she put makeup on it because it was all black and blue and she put makeup on it so when I walked out the house and I had to go to the set the next day but when I walked out the house I didn't want to look so messed up you know what I mean so I, I she put makeup on it and hit it but my nose was puffier now look more like De Niro and Raging Bull <laughs> I swear to God so I'm the, so I'm doing a scene I remember that day with uh, the character Ryan O'Reilly and I'm doing a scene with, with, with that character and it's a close up you can see the close ups of, of our faces when I'm like it's more of a uh, you know that view whatever that view is you know point of view whatever like that and uh, I, don't, I don't know what, what that point of view is anyways um you could see if you look close, you could see how big my nose is. You know, it's already pretty big. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, but on that, I never forget that. That 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 when I'm watching it back, whenever you know we watched it back, you can see how big my nose is. I'm like, yeah, that was the day after I bashed my nose. You know what I mean? I, doing that scene where I got messed up, you know, and put into a coma. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's just hilarious. Anybody that uh, you bonded with uh, on? On the set, on in the cast, um, just uh, I remember John Sato. We were playing basketball like in between here and there. You know, it was it was cool. He probably don't remember it, but you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> we were we were hanging out playing basketball because there was a basketball court inside there, right, so yeah. we were shooting around, you know, here and there, and stuff. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I forgot the guy's name. I'm forgetting names. I'm not bad with names, but I remember there was one guy who lived in Little Italy. He was cool. He was on the, on the set. I think if he was just an extra, but he was uh, uncool. And um, whatchamacallit, uh, a guy named, I think it was Doug Powell, a guy named Doug Powell. And he was, I think he was an extra. But um, he was cool, cool dude. Used to hang out and uh, talk about music. You know what I mean? And he used to sing background for Phyllis Hyman. So it was like, you know, like, wow, you know. This you were like cool. the only person on set who knows. Who knows, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, you sing background for Phyllis Hyman. I love Phyllis Hyman. And that's, that's, oh, that's my girl right there. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, man. So yeah. But yeah, it was a lot of cool dudes on set. You know what I mean? And uh, and it was great. You know what I mean? It was just a, it was a great, great time. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, and a cool thing. And you could tell it was something new. You know what I mean? It was definitely something new that never done before. Like right. This. So you guys kind of had the feeling yeah. that it was going to be something important. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it, you could, it was just right time, right place for everything. And everything came together. You know what I mean? It was just uh, it was a cool, cool thing. But it was serious. That's all I remember. Yo, it was serious on that set. You know, you had a... They had a, they were on time, whatever like that. Like and when they were shooting and stuff like that. And it was and serious. And it was cool. Everybody was going for it. There was nobody joking around, like, you know, in between maybe here and there. But when it came time to do business, everybody was going for it. I, I respect that because I'm, I'm in, you know, I have a, a work ethic. I have a, you know, I like to pride myself in a real work ethic. So I know I was doing everything in my power to play that role. Because that's all I, I look at as I'm not really an actor, but I'll play a role. If you give me a role, right. I'm going to play that role. I'm going to be that dude, whatever, whatever it is you're going to have me play. I'm give it everything I have to make sure that you know I, I, I come off the way the director and the, the guy who wrote it wants to come off it's just out of respect that's it yeah um, so. you know uh, you know before uh, before we run out of time you know one thing that I, I wanted to, uh, to to touch upon you know we we've been I, I've been fortunate enough to be your friend through all kinds of 
experiences and you know yeah. life experiences and just funny shit that happens between us yeah, so um, much. <laughs> how do you how do you maintain your focus and your positivity oh uh, just yeah, it's just a natural thing I'm just when it comes to just positivity Positivity, positivity. <laughs> I knew you were going <laughs> You know what's man? You can't, like Gangstar, you know, man. You know how we do it. <laughs> now was a chance to enhance the ticket. I don't know. Whatever. You know, something like that. <laughs> you know how we do um, I think in the 90s, you every other word was positivity and maintain. <laughs> Yo, I got to maintain. <laughs> maintain what? Right. <laughs> Whatever it is, it could be a million things. That's why it's just put it all in one word. I'm just maintaining. All right? You know what I'm saying? I got to maintain. I got bills over here. I got this going on. I got this going on. Everything is crazy. All I got to do is maintain. No, I mean. Yeah, word up. Yeah, yeah, but uh, positivity, you know, just, I I don't know. I always had it in me just to be. Uh, positive, just to be a positive person, and, and it, it's just it's just a natural state. I don't really, you know, I'm I'm lucky. I don't really have to try so hard. You know what I mean? To just stay positive. That's the way to stay because I think you, you know, I always found out later, even even later, I'm saying like you know, you stay positive and you'll, or if you think positive or you keep that attitude, then you're gonna have more positive things happen for you and happen with you, and you roll that way and you give that off to other people. And it, and it helps in everybody in the long run, you know what I'm saying? Everybody, or not just the long run, at the moment too. You know, I just stay, try to stay, you know, you always say that, try to stay positive throughout no matter what. You know, sometimes things are out of your hands, so you just, what are you going to do? You're going to dwell on the negativity of it? Or, you know, I don't I don't like that, like, neg- you know, negativity or dwell on negativity. You know what I mean? Or never, never that. I always, you know, you know, or any people that are negative, I don't really, you know, I, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be around them if I have to, but I mean, you don't, don't like to be around negative people. I like to be around positive people doing positive things. Uh, but sometimes, you know, it's it's hard. You know what I mean? Hard to stay, you know, in focused in that zone or, you know, and, and, and be positive. Uh, you know, sometimes stuff will get you down, you know, get you, get you in a rough spot. And then, it, then it's hard, you know what I mean? But... Uh, you just gotta just you know keep you know fighting through it and, and you'll be all right. You, you eventually be okay. Yeah. Hercules has this great quote that I always uh, I always repeat. He says, "No man ever steps foot in the same river, for he is not the same man, and it is not the same river. We're always changing, and hopefully growing, hopefully evolving. You know, if you yeah. could." Go back in time, and that guy, that kid who, you know, who refused to wear the the white sneakers. Yeah. What would you tell that guy? Ah, uh, probably, it probably go with the flow. You know, I probably, you know, go with the flow. Just wear wear the sneakers that everybody's the team's wearing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, 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 you know what I mean? But like I said, for some reason, something made me do that. Something just made me do that. And it wasn't like I was like, yeah, forget this. I'm wearing these. Forget these dudes. It wasn't, it wasn't like that. It just something made me want to wear those. I didn't think at all. I wasn't no, I just thinking. I didn't mean that specifically. Well, yeah, yeah, I just meant no. in general. Like, what but did you general, tell that I, guy? 
I, I kind of want to say I would. I tell them to, you know, just, you know, where, where to go with, go with the flow with that, with, you know, what you call it, be, just be, you know, all part of the team, all part of one one team. That's probably the best. <laughs> They're just sneakers, right? They're just sneakers. Yeah. Don't worry about it. You can wear whatever else you want later on, outside or whatever like that. But when you're with the team, um, stay in that structure. It's a team. You in a few mean? years, you'll play with Van. He can only go right, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, you know, we were talking. It's a thing. We're talking so much about you know me and 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 music wise and this stuff like that. But we we there's so much like between us more than that. Just such, because and we have so many things. This because it's regular life. Just yeah, regular like we have millions of things. So much you can't even pinpoint. We just got to go with, you know. I remember the first know. time I met you. I was playing uh, playing basketball with Rocky, and then I don't know if I don't know if Tommy was out there. Maybe I was just playing with Tommy. Anyway, Keenan showed up, and you were with Keenan. Yeah, and you were just so like smiling ear to ear. I was like, who's this dickhead? <laughs> and then everywhere, anywhere you got the ball that day, womp womp, and you were just get, you were like. You were just so... Well, I hated you because you were so happy. And I hated you because you were unguardable. Like, this tall motherfucker can just shoot anywhere. And I was just like... I was just like, let me get through this game to fuck this asshole. I'm never going to see him again anyway. So fuck him. Who cares? I tell you, my, my jump shot got better as I got older. I, I was a decent shooter. It has to, right? Because you don't have your athletics, did. so you have to yep. change. It absolutely did get better for some reason. I was like, sometimes, I'm like, man, I wish I had this jumper, you know, my senior year. It was whatever. Well, if you you're your senior year, you can dunk. So why would you, yeah. like, mm. you know, you, like I said, it's the, you're not the same man. It's not nah. the same river. You yeah. change. You, you know. Totally, totally. One final question. Yeah. What is happiness to Mike G? Oh, jeez. Happiness is just, um, just, wow. Well, good health and, uh, you know, family. Uh, having your family and friends, you know, knowing that you, it always makes me happy when I know that my family and friends are there for me. They're there, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, there's things that make me happy. You know what I mean? Obviously, like music. You know what I mean? That's you know, but but happiness is just uh, you know the state of you know just that state. I mean, I don't know how to exactly explain it. There's like I almost have you know don't really have the right words. You know what I mean? But uh, it's just um, I guess when everything comes together right. You know what I mean? When everything you're doing or you're trying to do comes together right. That that's definitely happiness when it's like wow all right but even if it ain't you still gotta stay you know stay positive that it'll be you know it'll be all right and uh, but uh, yeah I can't I can't really explain it you know what I mean but I love being happy you know what I'm saying but being here you know yeah. what I mean and, and and hanging with you and and, and seeing you because I don't always see you now all the time you know what I mean so yeah that's that's uh, this is definitely happiness i think for me uh, you know a, a, a testament of what a, you know a, a true friend is that person is in your thoughts when you are feeling like sh- like complete shit so this like oh well like for me like so i think of so i think like you know what it's not so bad and like i'll i'll have like this 
I'll reflect on a conversation we may have had, or I just think about your energy. And then, well, like, I'm really happy. Like, I have to text you, you know, or I see something goofy, you know? Yeah. And it's because we're community, you know, wherever we go. If you're in Chicago, if I go to Siberia, we're always community. We're always, you know? And then uh, that'll never, you know, that'll never be broken unless you go play, you know, overseas, you know? (laughs) Right. Play in the Philippines and you know, <laughs> play with Ron Artest or something. Right. Like, they'll they'll like, you know what, man? Forget yeah. it. That'd be classic. Um, no, man. Yeah. I, I you know I, I appreciate you. Um, I'm very I'm very honored to, to. Well, first of all, thank you for for doing the show. But you know, as a friend, no uh, man, that's no it's been it's been an awesome journey. Yeah, it's still going. Same here. You know, right back at you. You know what I'm saying? It's it's and it's still going. You know what I mean? It's, it'll it'll always you know we'll keep keep on rolling with it and enjoying the times. Any uh, any final thoughts for anybody listening? Oh no! How can people you know people want to check you out if they're in Chicago or it's, you know say like your music or? I'm really on the low right now. I mean, I always kind of been on the low. I never really had. You know, like you know the music because I gave you it personally. You know what I mean? I, I don't really have anything. Out. All right, just shut up. Yeah. So right. If you want to, if you want to, uh, spaghetti meatballs, you can go on YouTube and you can see a performance of the New Yorican. Yeah. You can obviously check out Oz season one on DVD. Yeah. Uh, or Netflix. I, I don't. Are they on Netflix? I don't know. But Life with Mikey. Uh, Mike and I have done a couple movies together. A fire pit is online. Yeah. Uh, that we did. One of the. I mean, I'm 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 proud of that man. Oh, I yeah. feel like what that's fire one of my. Pit? That's one of my proudest acting experiences, working with my, you and working with Dan too. and Absolutely. the whole weekend. I think I said that. I think I said that to you right away. You know what I mean? Like I was like, that was the best, like uh, acting experience I ever had was Fire Pit. And I was like telling you, I was like, I know you. You know, you're my homeboy. You're my, you're my, you're my boy, man. You're my friend, man, and everything. But it doesn't it didn't matter? I'm just saying that was just you know work wise. It was just you know I appreciated your approach and because I was right there with you and we were just doing the best we can you know with the, you know our best you know that was it I knew we ever you know we were all going at it as, as strong as we could and and you know we're boys and you know and we're you know putting this work in together and we're out in the the, the field and I don't know if it's cold or whatever we're just we're just doing this man that was just you know you know just uh work with you you know what I mean and, and with that that was the best you know absolutely out of, out of anything you know what I mean? So I always remember that. Glad we had that. You know what I'm saying? Heck yeah. All right, man. So next time I gotta, I'm going to come out to Chicago and get them stuffed peppers. Word up. <laughs> right? That's right. Word. Then meatballs. We're going to have mom. a meatball off. Yeah, right. A meatball off. Yeah. <laughs> no, my mom's, my mom's, my and meatballs are spaghetti and meatballs. She's, it's the best. It's unbelievable. But you definitely, you'll definitely have that. It'll be it'll be great. You'll finally see what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, it'll be good. Oh man, yeah. All right, man. Oh man. Thank you, brother. You got it. You Everybody got it, listening, brother. thank you so much. Thank you for being on this journey with me. As always, Bodhisattva. Love you guys. You know, as I always say, you're a part of this conversation too. You're just on the quiet side. So we appreciate you. Uh, love you guys. I'll check you next week. Bodhisattva. Go out and do good in the world.
confident, man. I thought you were right away. You know what I'm saying? I know you appreciate the movie. It's a real good movie. Uh, solid movie. Of course, you know the story. So, yeah, man. You're just, you don't see that. Definitely, uh, definitely go see that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. This is it, y'all. All right. I'm introducing myself to the world with this one. They say the meaning of my name is the hooligan son. Just a cat that's laid back on the mic. Putting together the right type that everyone can like. The musical contents are straight from the heart. Silk smooth, but at the same time, rougher than a car heart. And I ain't trying to be something I'm not. I'm just here to represent cold rock the spots. Come on, check the technique, but don't sweat it. I leave impressions like Curtis Mayfield so you won't forget it. I go get it, cause it's definitely taken. Well, beach rhythm and dudes to get your foot loose like Kevin Bacon. God forsaken, can I get a witness? Throw up a hand, take a stand, cause the man means business. G to the I to the L to the H to the double O, L to the Y. It's you, who are y'all? That's me, y'all. That's what I'm trying to tell y'all. Excuse who y'all. Yeah. Learn the name. That's who I am. Ain't the average guy. Act like you know. Excuse who y'all. Get it right. Spell it. Hell, try to say it. I don't care. Excuse who y'all. That's who I am. That's who I be. Simple and plain. Yeah. I wonder what you're mad if I talk to you a minute. Now let's get back to the essence of it. But first I want to shout out and thank my producers, Rugged. Raw Impact and Ace of You. The whole Gil Hooli family, especially my brother Lou. Do bang, cause now the kid is grooving. And if your suckers got a problem with that, then you can keep it moving. Cause I just ain't got time to waste. So if you ain't on some positivity, get out my face. Never can try to naturally brought out. But slick enough to let you know that my stuff is well thought out. Just take the time to stop, look, and listen. The seat of this dope won't take much convincing. But still, y'all, it's all gravy. Better yet, it's butter, baby. More sincere than the Commodore singing three times a lady. So don't you worry about a thing. A fly style and a whole lot of soul is what I bring. It's kill who y'all. <laughs> That's who I am, you know Watch out now. You gotta get funky, real funky on.